At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Welcome to the 109th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Summons and I'm the host of this lovely show. Joining with me, as always, is my good buddy, my good friend, Floyd Johnson Jr., my man. How you doing? I am doing great. I want to first give a shout out to my boy, Austin. He's basically dragging his body in in to do this conversation i tore he, both quads before i sat down on my computer he can't breathe he literally sitting he had to carry him into the chair that's on wheels so he could roll up to here and uh do this show he's coming in he's down but he's not out. he's basically what's rumored to be going on with kenny omega that's what's going on with austin right now he's working hurt and i like to commend him for that that's dedication buddy Absolutely, man. I am. I'm. I'm pulling through on this. Um, I'm. 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 I'm not doing that bad, honestly. It's just congestion. Some sort of things going around. It's not COVID. I can promise you. It's nothing like that. I feel perfectly fine outside that. It's just congestion up in my nostril cavity, and like I had my throat that was just like super sore and just super like dry. And other than that, it's like my voice is just gonna sound a little bit weird. I'm slowly coming out of it. Uh, by the time you hear us next week, I will be fully recovered, sure, I'm sure of this. Um, but yeah, so if you're wondering why I sound a little bit stuffed up, that is why. All right. Uh, well, it, just asking how I'm doing, I'm doing fine. It's been a good day. Got a birthday present. I got the uh, Chris Jericho little bit of the bubbly yes. box figure. I got that today in the mail, so that was a good birthday gift. Uh, then I found out my nightmare the new nightmare family jackets will be here tomorrow and then what a, something will be here saturday uh oh yeah my series five for aew figures will be here uh saturday so it's like it was just like everything like i have a folder that's called pending orders so literally when i make an order i put it in the pending order folders back so i kind of let my pending folders uh build up so uh, it's starting to actually clear out now from all the old purchases I made. Cause I think the oldest purchase was that figure set. I think I bought in like this January, whenever it went on sale. Uh, but I did make a stupid purchase that was for me. And it's, uh, it's, it, it, it's so close to AEW related, but not quite. Uh, Vimox has been coming out to the song wild thing. And I have said on my social media many times, I, 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 that song is both makes me happy and sad because every time I hear it, I want to sing along, but it makes me sad because then Ricky Vaughn doesn't come out, you know, with his gold glasses on played by Charlie Sheen. Well, uh, since I started 
bidding on the pristine auction site, I've been chasing this Charlie Sheen signed Ricky uh, Von Funko. Uh, every week it goes up for like 200 bucks. And I was just like, ah, I can't see myself spending 200 bucks this week. Yesterday, I got it for the low, low price of $87. What, Ooh. what, what? Like, like if you're trying to buy it from Fitterman's, that's one of the places that I know. It's like with the JSA authentication, it's $199. So with JSA authentication, I got it for $87. Pow, pow, pew, pew. I'm excited. Like I said, it's the, the, the smallest of threads related to AEW. But I kept hearing that song, and it's just like, where's Ricky Vaughn? Because honestly, Major League, one of my favorite baseball movies ever. I am I am a person that leans towards the comedy sports movies versus the dramatic sports movies. So, Major League's my shit. So, I am glad I will have a new Ricky Vaughn figure to post in my ever-growing collection that I said I was going to stop three months ago. Yeah, well, there you go. My uh, my Dante Culpepper signed mini helmet just came in. It's currently sitting up on my on my cabinet right now. That's awesome. Uh, I, I was a big Dante fan when he came out. Uh, you know, that receiving core that he had in Minnesota Oof. was amazing. It was some of the best teams, you know, best offensive teams I've ever seen. And I loved that Dante Culpepper was the guy because unlike now where there's like 100 black quarterbacks, there was not many when he was playing. No kidding, man. No kidding. So, yeah, it was. And plus, when I grew up playing uh, ESPN um, <clears throat> NFL 2K2, I think, or maybe 2K5 as well, uh, Dante Culpepper was the starting quarterback for the Vikings. So I grew to love him after not watching many football games, but just by playing the video game. So I, I'm glad I was able to grab that, actually, for a relatively good price. But regardless, we've got a lot to talk about <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, with this week's episode of All Things Elite. Big news that was announced just recently, and of course we're going to be looking over AEW Dynamite from the previous week. We're recording this on Thursday, June 17th, so AEW Dynamite will be taking place tomorrow on Friday night, so we'll be giving a preview for that episode as well. But before we get into the show in full, I want to make sure that you are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify or any other platforms that you can listen to podcasts on and you found our show, first off, thanks for finding us. Second off, give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. We really do appreciate it. Get the word out about the show. You can also leave a rating and a review about the show. It helps boost our notoriety and lets us know what we can do better. And if you're so inclined, you can also leave a donation through our podcast provider red circles incredibly generous if you would do such a thing and if you want to support us simply we are on social media at at elite pod on twitter at social suplex is our podcast network that makes this show and all their other shows possible be sure to check out all the other social suplex shows while you're here i myself am at szoomer4 on twitter and floyd is at floyd johnson jr on twitter now getting into the big news before we get into big news i do want to say I, I do want to say it does pay to follow us because we do do giveaways. We're probably the AEW show on the internet that does the most giveaways. So uh, shout out to Chad Henry yes. at the underscore Chad underscore 43. Uh, he won that Nightmare Family Jacket. It finally shipped and yes. is in his possession so uh congratulations chad thank you for listening so tell all your friends you want to win stuff this is the place you win stuff absolutely yes congratulations once again to chad but getting to the big news of the week now we had the announcement that AEW would be continuing starting back up touring with AEW shows and the big show they announced was that they are going to new york city september 22nd at Arthur Asher uh, Stadium. Um, so this was huge. I mean, Floyd, just like just describe the gravity of this situation, like just this announcement, because this is the first time AEW's been in New York. Start spreading the news. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I got to it's, – it's really awesome. Um, uh, they're going into the heart of WWE territory, but they want it to be different. Chris Jericho said, you know, and take this with a tremendous grain of salt, 
that they probably could have booked Barclays or Madison Square Garden, but they have been working hard to separate themselves from WWE, so they wanted to do a show where WWE has never done a show. So if you are a fan of the U.S. Open, uh, if you are a fan of that stadium, well, you will be a fan of where the AEW event is taking place at Arthur Ashe Court. Is it court or is it stadium? It's I, I don't remember, honestly. Uh, All I know is that it's the Arthur Ashe venue. Yeah, the Archer, Arthur Ashe venue in... It's a stadium, Qu- yes. Queens, 20-something thousand people. I mean, they're going all in, pun very much intended, uh, for an event in New York on September 22nd. It is just like a dynamite. I doubt, I was going to say it's a regular dynamite, but come on. It's New York. It's their first show. They're trying to pack 20 grand in there. It ain't going to be a normal show. It yeah, is going. They've already, they've already given it a name and everything. Yeah, it's called the Grand Slam, right? Yep. Yeah, all right. The Grand Slam. Uh, I I said it personally. If I was TK, I was old Tony Khan, and I know you want to establish and have your AEW people on top. I get it. Your homegrown talent. I am one person for homegrown talent. But if it's me, I'm making a phone call to Mister Kazuchika Okada in Japan, who is no longer the champion, and. Before tickets go on sale on July 16th, I announce whoever is the world champion at the time, for the AEW world champion at the time, will be facing Kazuchika Okada for the world title in New York. I think, personally, that's a guaranteed sellout. Absolutely. I mean, just the fact that they're doing a show in New York uh after uh not being able to tour for a very long time uh it's huge just for them to have a show in new york um and at a venue that's that like it's bigger than a normal dynamite for sure um but and i i do know that like like i said they like jericho said they could have done uh msg or barclays and the snark in me would have loved it if they did that hell the snark in me would have loved it if they booked the manhattan center for no fucking reason but Regardless, I'm very happy to see that AEW is back to announcing shows. Now they just need to hit up Michigan again. And like they said, they were, well, like Brandy was teasing for a while on Twitter. Um, we need to get to Brandy's home state. And I want to I wanna see Dynamite Live for the first time. Detroit! Oh, yeah. Basketball! Uh, yeah, I would, I would definitely. I, I mean, I can't go to everything. So, like, as of right now, as of right now, my thing is I'm not going. And you'd be like, why would you, you know, Floyd, why would you say that? You know you're going to want to go. I do want to go. But what I'm doing, what's going on is the pandemic has ended. And every wrestling company everywhere is putting on big shows everywhere. And it's just like, well, I could keep spending until I was broke and then I can't go. Or I can take some initiative and make the call myself. And probably it will feel less bad because i am deciding not to go it's not me getting super broke and they were like well i can't go it is me making the decision that i have too much uh i i'm going to money in the bank i am going to an aew show on the 21st i have and i'm not just doing this to list then i'm technically supposed to be going to SummerSlam, and then all out and then the cruise it's just too much it's just ridiculously amount of stuff so i am making the personal decision unless i like win the lottery or someone decides to get it for me as a gift which i will definitely accept which i i don't i don't i don't expect anybody to get it as a gift i hope no one thinks that i'm begging for a gift out here i'm not i'm just saying unless it's unless something extraordinary comes up me and austin We'll be uh, watching the show from the comfort of our respective homes. Yes, and I am also in the process of uh, my favorite, one of my favorite bands, 21 Pilots, just announced that they're going on tour. And they're doing shows that range from 700 capacity venues to like 
20,000 capacity venues, and I'm trying to get at least one ticket to one of the shows. But if I can get a ticket to the small venue that only seats like 500 people or whatnot, and it's standing room only, I'm going to that show because it's in Chicago. It's not a long drive or a long trip. And um, I'm also going to All Out, so... I'm probably gonna be like, this is my cap for what I can do this year because yeah. it's like I'm, it's it's too much. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go broke before I even have a job in wrestling. Yes, and a lot of my friends do think I am rich. I while I am comfortable in life, I can't go to everything. I wish I could. I wish I could be that guy. I could wish I could be like whatever shirt guy and WWE, shirt, yep. yeah, green shirt guy or whatever. I am not like that. I. Yeah, I can't do it. So, to everyone that gets to go, I am jealous of you. Like, I am super, super jealous. Like, I was, I was running the numbers. I was like, so if I fly in and I just sleep at the airport, you know, and blah, blah, blah. I was doing I was like, dude, this is, no. I, I plan on AEW being around for a while. You know, I do. I plan on them being around for a while. And if they're going to be around for a while, I must treat them like they're going to be around for a while and know that I don't have to go to every show right now. Yes, absolutely. Now, though, we can get into our AEW Dynamite review for last week's show. We opened up first off with a quick little shot of the Pinnacle pulling up in a limousine. So they made sure to focus on that to get people hyped up. And then our opening match was Christian Cage versus Angelico of Big Money Matt's uh, team, a team of, of, of uh, confidants. And Big Money Matt and Jack Evans was on uh, at ringside. Um, and this is an opening match. I didn't think this would open the show. I didn't think they would open off with Christian Cage uh, starting off. I don't think that's a bad thing because I think Christian gets a good pop to start off the show. But for an opening match, this was cool, I thought. I thought this was a really cool match. Um, we got to get see, see the more continuation of Matt Hardy and Christian's feud continuing to go as uh, after the match was over, Jack Evans but ran into the ring, tried to hit Christian Cage from behind, but he got rid of him real quick. But then he hit him with another... Matt Hardy comes in and hits him with another twist of fate like he did last the previous week, and then Jungle Boy comes down to aid Christian Cage since they teamed the week prior. Um, and it was a cool opening, I think. It was anything. It wasn't anything like hot out the gate like AEW is known for, but it was. I felt like a decent, cool opener. Yeah, I, I thought it was a really good match. It's just like it was just a good match. It, it's it was good enough to stay in the lineage of great opening first matches on AEW. But it would it wasn't a blow away match. Like I actually because it came on on Friday night, I'm actually getting this weird thing where I actually get to watch it with my wife and you know, just watch the show, right? And it was just like we were watching the show and yeah, she kinda checked out on this match. She was just like, Okay, it's a really good match. But, you know, I'm gonna look at my phone now. So I th- but like I said, it was a really good match. This ending made sense. I liked it. Yeah. We then went to your boy, the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, in the ring with Tony Schiavone making an announcement. He announced that next week uh, that it was going to be Aaron Solo and QT Marshall of the Factory against Cody Rhodes and the debuting son of the Enforcer, Arn Anderson, Brock Anderson. And that would be his Dynamite debut next week. Um and dude, the fucking resemblance is like uncanny. I swear, it's uh, it's um, it's it's insane. Okay, so a couple things. First of all, uh, everyone should go check out my Twitter. I never tell anybody to go check out my Twitter, but just go I'll do t- that for you. Just go tell. Just go check out my Twitter for the subject name, because uh, Brock Anderson officially has his first fan account, and it's me. It's at Floyd Johnson Jr. I I I I have. Pulled up the family lineage. As soon as he walked out the door, I walked out the stage. I was like, okay, that's my new favorite wrestler. You know, it's like, uh, he's, it, it, it was just like, it was like looking in 
a kind of a funny mirror because Iron Anderson was never that skinny as far as any time I ever <laughs> saw him as a wrestler. He was never that skinny, and this dude is like cut, and he's got the, he's got the full ish head of hair. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. it was kind of spiked. I was like, ah, I dig it. I, I'm digging it. And then he did, you know, the double leg, and I was like, oh my god, yeah, this is this is this is the Anderson. So it's like as much as as much as their legacy is continuing as far as in wrestling, I even said mine is continuing because I followed Arn Anderson since I was probably Brock's age. Like, no, like actually, hold on. I was shit. I followed Arn Anderson like 15, 20 years before Brock was born. I'm old. I keep forgetting that. But, um, yeah. So I, I, I just immediately, First thing I noticed is that he was right-handed. That did disappoint me a little bit Aww. because Arn's left-handed. But, you know, hey, yeah, no one's perfect. So, it, like I said, the shape that he is in, it, it's like it's like, look, it's, looking at like, it's like looking at the action figure version of Arn Anderson. Because, you know, action figures aren't chunky. <laughs> they all rip to the core. So, he yeah. looks like the action figure version of Arn Anderson. So, I'm, I'm so looking forward to it. The fact that a Anderson's first match is with a Rhodes, you know. Like, I mean, that's serendipitous. That's that's serendipitous. It is just great. I mean, I think this kid was born like either right at or right after when uh, Arn quit wrestling. So it's like you know his dad was an agent, but you know the Spinebuster. I know he's seen all the old matches, but it's just yeah. it's kind of cool. He gets to go out to the ring with his son and tell uh, tear like a tear in my soul. I. I, again, not a lot of, I don't shed a lot of tears for wrestling, but tomorrow night when R walks out there with his son for his first match, I imagine there might be some dust in there. Maybe. Yeah. It's very possible. Um, the, the segment continued with QT Marshall interrupting Cody's interview, saying he doesn't need help beating Cody, saying like, you've been skipping guys like Camarado and dodging Aaron Solo and that's the reason why this is happening. This is the reason why the factory is a thing. So when AEW goes back on the road in Miami on July 7th, he wants a full house to watch him whoop Cody's ass. But not metaphorically, in a South Beach strap match. So we're getting the second strap match since Cody versus Brody Lee about a year ago. A little less than a year ago. Um but yeah, we're getting Sir, a strap match. That was a dog collar match. Oh, dog collar! My so that was a chain. This is a strap match. Some people gonna take some people gonna take ass whooping. Cody ain't took an ass whooping like this since Warlow and MJF beat him in the middle of the ring. That is true. Yeah. So this is gonna be strap match. This is what Cody is willing to do for you. He is willing to fight this lower in a strap match, and you know probably going to take the crossroads at some point but i am looking forward to this match because you know they talk about uh you know wrestling so we're going to go look kayfabe here when it's your friends you go 20 times harder on them right and like qt and cody are like best friends so they're going to beat the shit out of each other oh it ain't going to be a soft match yeah yeah i imagine there's going to be some blood on the back and it's going to be some blood on the face, and it's just going to be crazy. There's lashes all over the back. Yeah, yeah, and it's just, and they're not going to let up on each other, and it's going to be so fun. Because QT, hey, he's a very good wrestler, so he knows what the hell they're doing. And Cody knows what the hell they're doing, and maybe Cody knows what the hell he's doing. And they're training people every week, and it's like, oh, my God. You know, you're going to get to see your two trainers basically beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. <laughs> So this is a crazy good segment. We got two matches announced in this one segment, one for when they go to Florida and another one when uh, we watch Dynamite next week. I mean, tomorrow. Uh, so that's huge. And this was a really strong segment, I felt like. And like I, like you said, like it was really cool to see Brock out there and to see just Arn looking at his son just like, you, I'm sure Tiro will probably be in his eye probably t tomorrow. I, I bet he'll have one. I hope they just give him his moment because, like, I have this unsettling pit in my stomach that, you know, Andersons and Rhodes have to be on the wrong side of each other. So yeah. I just feel like, our, you know, 
Brock might just throw a spine buster or some shit and just put Cody down. And I was like, I don't know why. There has been nothing on any TV, any TV, if you've watched, that has led to it. But it just feels like, I just like gut feeling. I feel like, a you know, a turn is coming. Yeah. We then had six-man tag action with the AEW World Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks, and their stooge, Brandon Cutler, versus Eddie Kingston and Death Triangle, the Bastard Pack, and Penta El Zero Miedo. This match had a bunch of uh, quick spots and fast spots, um, but surprisingly, um, they actually finally gave a win over to Eddie Kingston uh, for this match, uh, as Eddie Kingston was able to just hit a spinning back fist on the back of Cutler's head to be able to win the match. And, um, I mean, Cutler taking the pin makes sense uh, for for getting the Elite at least a loss. But this was a lot of fun. I love everybody in this match. Um, even Brandon Cutler, I think, is good to be a good uh, pin eater and um, is a good, like, distractor. And he's done well, like, on the sidelines uh, for helping out the Young Bucks in their match. Um, but after this happened, the Good Brothers... Uh, and the Bucks proceed to beat up Pack and Kingston, and then I love that he's called the Elite Hunter. The Elite Hunter, Freddie Frankie Kazarian, comes down and clears the ring. Um, so I first off, I get to see more of Eddie Kingston. Hell yes! Second off, this was a lot of fun, and um, seeing Eddie Kingston get a pin victory on Dynamite. We haven't seen Eddie get a lot of wins recently on Dynamite, so it was nice to see Frankie Kazarian rolling oh. with Mox and Kingston. Bro, uh, I, I kind of think that's a dream little faction there, and I, I like I pointed this out, and people thought I was taking a slight at at uh, Frankie Kazarian. Well, when he came out, he was wearing the black jacket. It was kind of zipped up, and he was wearing camo pants. Who wears that exact same thing? Uh, probably, uh, probably, uh, them. John Moxley, where's that exact thing? And I was like, well, he kind of looks like, you know, a discount Mox. But it's because he's like 50 pounds lighter than Mox. (laughs) It wasn't an insult. I was talking about his size, but it was just funny. It looked like, based on his gear, him helping Kingston, he looked like just like a Mox replacement. But I was like, so that got my brain thinking, oh, Frankie, Mox, and Kingston against the Elite. Let's fight. Oh, my God. I'm down for that fight. All the, all day. Every day. Yeah, absolutely. We then had the uh, interesting segment of the Invisible Don Callis and Kenny Omega blowing the lid off of the conspiracy uh, to screw AEW uh, World Champion Kenny Omega out of his title at Double or Nothing, which featured doctored footage of Don Callis after he pulled the referee out of the ring and the referee quote unquote saying, I just want Kenny to lose. I'm trying to screw him, yada, yada, yada. And then um, altering the footage so that everyone's cheering for Kenny Omega. I mean, look, this segment was ridiculous. Um, I think it does a, a good amount of heel work though for Kenny, just because of how stupid it is. It's like, like, bro, you're, you're just lying. You're just lying. I mean, and that's some good it, heat. Yeah. That's some good heat, dude. It's like, it's, it's, it's annoying to watch because you're just like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why are you pulling this out of your ass? We know you're lying. It's it's simple, like, strong heel heat for Kenny Omega and Don Callis by just trying to change the narrative of what happened in that match. Um, even though, like, Kenny still won the title and they're not using it as, like, try to way to, like, get the match back. They're just using it so that people, can, like, believe their story because they're the ones that's telling that are telling it. Yeah, that's really awesome. Uh, I, I like I said, I just thought, I I just thought it was so ridiculous. It's so hard to make people boo Kenny. It's going to take stuff like this that some people might find silly to kind of push people over the edge. I boo Kenny because I know I'm supposed to boo Kenny, and you know I try to do everything to make the show go forward, but. Kenny's a very likable champion, so it's really hard to boo him. It's really hard. <laughs> yeah, so now I, I think this segment went a ways to doing what they're trying to do. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's a, it, it did a solid job of getting heat on Kenny, I think, just because it was so annoying seeing the blatant lies. But we then had MJF and the Pinnacle responding to the inner circle about Stadium Stampede 2, Dash and Cash, uh, talking bad on Santana and Ortiz. Sean Spears says he uh, gave, he got a moment of a, li- moment of a lifetime with uh, uh, Sammy Guevara, and it was at his own expense, 
Borlo says he's obsessed. Uh, uh, Jake Hager's obsessed with him because um, every time they face each other, they bring out the best in each other. Um, and he accepted the MMA match, which we will be getting. Uh, was it tonight? Tomorrow on AEW, I think. Yes, it'll be on the. Which I'll talk more about that when we get to our preview because it's the match that I'm honestly looking forward to the most just because of how fucking wild it is. Um, Chris Jericho talked – I mean MJF talks about Chris Jericho being a false idol who's not on MJF's level. He denies Chris Jericho's request for a match. Um, And after not um, accepting it and uh, MJF uh, was like, look, man, uh, you can brag all you want but – and then like – they interrupted basically on TV on the on the uh, Titantron, and then they beat the shit out of the fucking limo that the Pinnacle rode in now at the beginning of the show. They tore that thing to shreds, and it was just classic uh, babyface getting one over on the heels by fucking up their sweet ride. Okay, um, it this that actually messing up the uh, made me think of an article this week. Uh, Forbes put out an article for AEW, and this goes along with it, I promise, talking about how, you know, because of the video game, AEW's in the red, and a lot of people chose to jump on that. I was like, so do you think they'll be, you think if they were having that much financial problems, they would be destroying limos and trailers? I mean, mean, that, that wasn't a fake limo. They literally bought a limo to destroy it. So you think if there was money problems, they would be doing that? Well, also, too, put it into perspective, too, like, AEW's only been around for a little over two years, and one of those years was in a full-on pandemic, so... The, like, fact, the fact that they were close to the black, other than a decision they made, which I personally, once we talk about this later, I think it's going to be the best decision ever, but still, it, it, it's just weird... I, I I get it all the time. It's the the fandom the fandom. I, I I call it the fandom, and I put up quotations because I'm like I don't see how you can be a fan of wrestling and want anyone to fail. I just I just don't. Yeah, like they want wrestlers to not have a place to work. Yeah, to have less jobs available. I I, I like I said I don't understand how that works. It's like I I'm like. I want everything to be good. I, I've never rooted for a show that I watch to not be good. Absolutely not. I mean, like I, I <laughs> we've I've bashed a lot of uh, WWE shows, but I'm never going into a show being like this show is going to be, like it's going to be trash, and I want it to be trash. No, I want I want it to be good so bad. No, yeah. yeah, being bad does not help anyone else. It, like it hurts me the most because I have to watch it. Yeah, I've never been like oh. Could you please not be good so I can spend this next three hours not enjoying what I'm seeing? I'm like, who would? I'm like, if if you do that, I mean, I, you know, whatever makes you happy. But it's it's that just seems unhealthy to me. So yeah, so like, I'm rooting for WWE to be great. I want AEW to be great because I want the people that I love, which are wrestlers, to have like 150 different places to work if possible because. You know, that's that means we get good wrestling everywhere. And wrestling is one of those things that at any point in time, any night, it could you know, you can end an injury. Unfortunately, don't ever want that to happen. But you need wrestlers. You need people wanting to wrestle and move in because, you know, next man up kind of situation. So it's just I don't know. I want everyone to succeed, but I, I uh, definitely uh, listening to this and you haven't picked it up, which I doubt it. I'm thinking you're pretty hardcore if you're on this show, but go to Forbes.com and check out the article. They call the TK the new Lord of the Rings. What I found funniest about this article is that he went to his dad. His dad thought it was a crappy idea, but he was like, oh, you know what? I'm about to leave you, like, whenever I pass away, I'm going to leave you a crap ton of money. You might as well waste some of it while I'm alive. That's the exact <laughs> quote. You might as well waste some of it while it's alive. So it was like, oh. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. 
oh my god like this hundred million dollar thing was just like oh okay kids go have fun it was like my parents giving me a 20 and saying hey go 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 do what you want with it but it's a hundred million dollars i was like wow they, they he lives on a different planet than I do, and there you go. I completely understand that. <laughs> yeah. Up next, we had uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, uh, who told Darby the previous week, "You can face us again, but you need to find somebody other than Sting because Sting has been carrying your ass this entire time." Darby was just like, "You know what? Nope. Sting, stay at home this one time. I'm going in alone." Make it a handicap match. Oh, yeah. Sting. Darby completely took the bait. <laughs> I'm like, Darby, I love you, man, but you really didn't need to do that. You really mm. didn't need to do that. Yeah, it, I, it goes into my line of stupid faces in wrestling. <laughs> I'm like, oh, who the hell would do this? This, man, this man's asking to die on his sword, and Sting was just like, okay, fine. I won't come. And JR said itself, this is a dangerous decision Darby Allen has made. And, and, it, ha- and it is. You are facing two very good wrestlers. By yourself. It's not a dangerous decision. It's a stupid-ass decision, and I love it because it's wrestling. I try to tell people there are things in wrestling that you can change, and there are things in wrestling you cannot change. One of the things you cannot change in wrestling is faces doing stupid shit. Yep. Like this. Do they not believe in themselves? It's just so crazy that somebody says, yeah, we couldn't beat you in a two-on-two fight because that guy's too strong. So go get someone else. I'd be like, well, I'm gonna stick with the guy that's too strong, and you leave me alone. Yeah, it's like no, I'd like no. I I love it though. I love it. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch for sure. It's like Darby just doing great baby face work, just like willing himself on by himself as he is. The odds are stacked against him, but. After this was the TNT title match between the best man Miro, the current TNT champion, and Evil Uno of the Dark Order. They had a nice little segment before this match showcasing Evil Uno's, like, why he wanted to become TNT champion, doing a nice little message about, like, bringing the title back to the Dark Order and doing this for Brody. And this match was really good, honestly. Like, Evil Uno came out there and he put on a damn good show. Miro is still just a complete beast. Like, this is exactly what we were waiting for Miro to become, and it took some time as they were laying the foundations and like making people think and stuff like that. And but Miro's just running rough shot. He did a great job, and I loved how the Dark Order proceeded to go up on the ramp, including Negative One, and cheered on Evil Uno. Um, there was a nice discus lariat that was a tribute to Brody Lee. Uh, he om- almost got it with that, but then the game over was applied, and Evil Uno was forced to tap out. And uh, again, Jr. T- another good call by him. He said he the Miro broke the hearts of the Dark Order contingent at ringside. I was just like, that's a that's good. Like man, it's like this title win would have been huge and so important and so symbolic of the Dark Order and just getting it back for Do- for Brody. But Miro's just not gonna let you do that because he's a bo- he's he's a beast and he wants titles and he will not give it up. He sure. he made you. He made you uh, care. They made you care just enough to break your heart. Yeah, and, exactly. Because yeah. everyone, everyone knew Evil Uno wouldn't be TNT champion, but they made you care just enough to be invested in it where you were like, come on, come on, Uno, come on. And that's just that's when com- they snatched it away from him. My favorite moment of the match, he completely no-sold that spinning clothesline and just, like, fucking destroyed him. I was just like, God, this is Miro. I, I do want to put out a little warning. This is based on Miro. You might see the same thing with, and I'm hoping this has taught you patience, when Andrade Idolo. Please. They signed a person they weren't expecting to get, and they might not have 100% of a fleshed out plan of exactly what they want to do with it. At least not yet. Yeah, not yet. So the first few weeks or few months might be a little bumpy because they don't want to make the person lose, but they don't really want to bring them in and just beat their top guys immediately. It's just you. There's a there's a balancing act. You know, there's a balancing act. You don't want to be the 2000 to 2010 impact people where people like Chavo Guerrero would come in and win the world title like two weeks after debuting because you know 
just because they're from the WWE, you want to keep your people strong. So the only way you can keep your people strong is they don't like lose all the time. So finding where Andrade's spot is coming up may take a little patience. I just want to throw that out there because this whole Miro thing, everybody's like on the Miro thing and me and you, both me and you were screaming when people were like, oh, they're misusing Miro. We kept saying, patience. They didn't know they were getting him. They signed him because he was available. That doesn't mean they knew exactly what they want to do with him. Absolutely. Andrade's probably going to be the same way because he's got a world title shot in Mexico. So you kind of want to keep Kim and Kenny away from each other for a while. So he'll probably need a few to get there and a few to get there. So it might seem like they don't know what they're doing for a bit, but it's not that. It's just they're waiting for him to get in where he fits in. All right. I think that's a perfect way of summing it up. And we can also talk about Andrade El Idolo as they announce that next week on Dynamite, uh, or more more often tomorrow on Dynamite, or today when you get this episode out. Uh, Tony, I mean, Jim Ross will be interviewing and sitting down with Andrade El Idolo. And then <clears throat> we then had a segment with uh, Kenny Omega and Don Callis, uh, where Tony Schiavone introduced them. And Don Callis proceeded to call Jungle Boy a one-hit wonder in the eyes of Kenny Omega and Don Callis. And look, we're supposed to sell this match, but I can't bring myself to say anything bad because I see a younger Kenny Omega in you. But there's just something I can't put my finger on. Um, and and it's that uh, you got it all, but you don't have the guts to get in the ring. And then that's when John uh, Jungle Boy comes out. Gets in the face of Kenny Omega, and my God, dude, he gave he gave uh, Matthew of Botchamania just another spew of people blowing up his mentions by just going, "You talk way too much," and then just proceeding to uh, beat up uh, uh, Kenny Omega before uh, the Young Bucks come to save him as he tried to lock the snare trap submission, and that was it was really fun. I'm excited to see this feud of Kenny and Jungle Boy. And just him winning that match, like, dude, like, he's so over and people are so behind him. It's it's just fun to watch, dude. This feud is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. It very much reminds me of the 80s where um, Ric Flair was going to get in a battle with Flying Brian Pillman. And they had some really good matches on TV. And, uh, you know, this, I mean, I know the other Brian Pillman is there. But the kind of where each wrestler is in their experience and where they're in their career, that's what that reminds me of is the Flair and Pillman saga. Yeah, it, it could, and I think it could be just, just as strong as that too. I really hope that that's the case. Um, we had a short little segment with Jade Cargill and Mark Sterling. Not really much that we need to talk about that. Just continuing to remind people to pay attention for Jade Cargill. I think she needs to start... Uh, showing up a little bit more as we get closer to All Out, though, I would say. Or at least for Fighter Fest and stuff like that. Yeah, and, uh, um, you know, the whole, she needs an Omnet bitch shirt. Yeah, she does. It's that simple. I mean, she really does. I mean, I'm a dude, and I would still wear a shirt that says I'm that bitch. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, she's she's really, really good, and she, I mean, I just watched this special on China, and when I look at Jade, and I'm talking energy, physical size, and all that kind of stuff. I feel like she could very much be a China for the AEW if that's what they want her to be. Yeah, I think I, that's very, very likely. And I think just she has that look to her that's like you can't take her eyes off her. She's just so it's, much of a presence. Yeah, it's just some people that she's just going to have to dominate just because yeah. just because it's just it just doesn't make sense them putting up you know too much of a fight because she's bigger stronger faster like she's an athlete like a real real athlete and it's just i'm not saying there's not a lot of athletes i i I mean i'm just saying she just seems to be on a special level yeah we then had a few uh quick things i think we can just move over uh real quickly uh scorpius guy and ethan page basically laughing at darby being like you're going in on this alone you're stupid what we pretty much said like it wasn't a great idea 
Murderhawk Monster, Lance Archer, Squash Chandler Hopkins. I, I think there's a reasoning those two segments were put really close to each other, personally. Why would you say that? I, Lance, you know, Darby's going out by himself. Lance really doesn't like bullies, and he's kind of cool with Sting. So, Lance, Lance and Sting at least have a respect. And Sting's like, I won't be out there. He didn't say he wouldn't send anyone else. Sure. Yeah, so I just felt like these segments being... Because AEW doesn't really do anything on accident, if you've noticed. These segments were like right next to each other. Yeah, I even, I even noticed it when I watched the show. It was like the men of the year, and then it was Lance. I'm like, there's a reason they're together. And so, no, but uh, what I was going to ask you... I, 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 these are the questions I want to ask you during the week, but I save them for the show. What do you think of the name men of the year? I like it honestly. Like I, I like the idea that they, because they care. Because like, let's be honest with ourselves, they're two good-looking dudes, and they carry themselves with a lot of swagger and just like, like, like Ethan Page is that great rich dude that like he thinks he's like he's he's basically like I would say um, very similar to MJF in the way that he carries himself, but just a little bit different in the way that he he speaks and a little bit more different in the way that he. Uh, acts on Mike and then Scorpio Sky is one of those guys just like you look at him and you'd be like god that man looks good he looks way better than me what an asshole like it's kind of got a little bit of like dashing Cody Rhodes vibes to it to me in my eyes so I think men of the year is a good team name actually I do like I mean I I kind of like it it's got to grow on me a little bit more it, it just like men of the year I don't know it's like the wingmen. It was like it took me a few weeks. But I was like, oh, okay, the wingmen. I get it. Women of the year might take a moment for me, but yeah, I just think something's about to happen with this whole, t- uh, you know, these whole groups. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, d- d- Dar- um, Ethan and Scorpio work perfectly together because I don't think either one of them really works alone. And being together adds to each of their charisma, playing off yeah. of each other. Yeah, and then after this was another quick small segment with the wingman, like you mentioned, uh, where they mocked Orange Cassidy and how he's dressed and offered to make over his outfit. And Cesar, Cesar Bononi threatened to make over his face pretty much as the rest of the wingman were laughing on. So this was really quick. Um but we, I think we could just quickly move over to uh, the native beast Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero t- uh, facing off against legit Layla Hirsch. Um, this was the first time in a while we've seen Nyla Rose back in action. She's still a beast, I think, and this is getting her uh, hyped up for when she goes after Britt Baker for the uh, AEW Women's Championship. Um, and uh, again, while I'm surprised that this is uh, the idea of what they're doing for Britt Baker's first title run, I don't think Nyla Rose is a bad pick. I think it's an interesting one, but I mean, it's this was a decent enough match. I, I was surprised Layla actually got a pretty good uh, reaction too from the crowd. It seemed like. Um, I think why they're going with Nyla is Nyla's a good first challenger because she's bigger than a Britt, but champion. Uh, yeah, former champion. Then Britt is kind of in this tweener, uh, tweener phase. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's allowed. It's okay for you to cheer Britt against Nyla because they're both heels, right? Second of all, I don't think they got a strong enough face that they want to push up to fight Britt right now. I think Thunder Rosa is the eventual answer, but I'm thinking that's happening at all out. So they're just trying to keep the two away from each other for a while. Yeah, and that makes absolute total sense um, to save that match for a pay-per-view. Um, and again, I think it's an interesting pick. It's not the one I would have thought they would have gone with, but I think it's a good uh, prover for uh, Britt. And I do like the fact that you kind of labeled her a tweener because at this point, that's kind of what she is. I mean, if you watch the if you watch the uh, Cheetah match, that's the only thing you can call her. I mean, she got a louder pop when she came out than Cheetah, and she was the heel. It's very, she's very much in that stone cold gray area. Like, I know a lot of people were trying to push Becky into that, but Becky wasn't really a bad guy. No. Britt is a full on heel, <laughs> and she does bad shit to people, and people cheer. That's what I like about Britt. And then, of course, she has DMD. Just watch the finger. Yeah, just watch the finger. Yep. 
And then uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, uh, with Rebel, uh, responded after Nyla got, uh, won her match, saying how they were upset that she ruined the uh, championship celebration they had the week before. But she was like, you know, but Nyla, you did actually look good when you flipped those burgers out of my hands. Maybe you should actually stick to flipping burgers, which that's a decent line. I like that. Honestly. I mean, it, it was like, it was really funny. It was really yeah. funny. Yeah, if, I mean, like, if you're if you're gonna have a ridiculous segment like that, at least have a line that you can use for it, and I think that line works really well. Yes, and but, uh, but Nyla Nyla's in this position where I definitely think Britt has to cheat to win, just because she's in this situation where she doesn't feel like she has a direction right now. Nyla, I'm speaking of, yeah. and so they really need to de- kind of decide what way they're going with her. Yeah, I think I think uh, uh, after this match, I think that's going to have to be the decision. But main event time was tag team action between Hangman Adam Page and Preston Vance, or 10 of the Dark Order, versus The Machine, Brian Cage, and Powerhouse Hobbs. Um, I was honestly surprised this finished off the mat, the show. I'm not up. I'm not against it because Hangman's over as hell and the Dark Order's still over. Um, this was a very good ending, I think. Uh, it was anything, anything too crazy. But uh, eventually, the match finished off with uh, Ripcord into a stunner. Hangman uh, got the buckshot lariat. And then Preston actually got the the pin on uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, getting the victory. Uh, um, and that's because of the fact that Brian Cage uh, got uh, questioned by a returning Ricky Starks uh, getting mad at him. Um, and he just he fucking left. He just stormed after uh, Ricky Starks. Uh, because Ricky threw the FTW belt towards Brian Cage. Um, so Powerhouse Lot Hobbs was left out in the open by himself and got uh, pinned by 10. And yeah, it was a pretty good ending, I think. I think this was a decent enough dynamite. I think that had some good moments in it. But it wasn't anything too like, holy shit, this was must must watch. I think it was, it was fun, though. Yeah, it was uh, Friday Night Dynamite. It's one of those things where they know... Uh, it's one of those things that uh, they know a lot of people are going to watch, so why throw the good shit out there? Like, the great shit, you know what I mean? You ain't, and, and through the year, you're going to need a few episodes like these episodes that come through, because not every episode can be a banger, as the people say. So, uh, yeah, it was exactly what it needed to be to get on to the next week. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just what it needed to be. Um, but we can get into a preview for tomorrow's Dynamite on June 18th. We have Darby Allen going in on that uh, that handicap match against Men of the Year, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Penelope Ford will be in action facing off against Julia Hart. We get the tag match between Cody Rhodes and Brock Anderson versus QT and, and Aaron Solo. That MMA cage match uh, between Hager and Wardlow. And then Andrade El Idolo sitting down and having an interview with Jim Ross. Like I said, um, the MMA match has got me heavily intrigued because I don't know what to expect from an MMA match presented on a wrestling show. Like, how close between, like, like how close are they going to blend the lines between work and shoot? I know. I mean, like, it's a, still a majority going to be a, sh- a work, I'm sure. But like, how many? Like, strike wise, like, how much are they going to let these guys beat the shit out of each other? <laughs> oh, are you there? I pressed the wrong button. Sorry, press the mute instead. Of- All good. Yeah. All right. So, absolutely, think this match is going to be highly physical. I think both of them trust each other. Uh, Jake actually being in the MMA. That's going to be good. The best thing is that this is recorded and this was done on the closed set of wrestlers, you know, so it can be cut and edited to look the best way that it needs. Yeah. So like if people are worried about something not going the way that it's supposed to, um, it's pre-recorded, so they can make sure it turns out. Okay. So, yeah. So, uh, so it's like they had unlimited chances to record this and get it right. So if it doesn't come out looking right, then I'm just going to question the production team. I'm like, it's taped. Yeah, <laughs> why, this, why? Should, this, should look, this should look good. Yeah, this should look good. It should tape. Somebody's going to bleed. Somebody's <laughs> going to tap out. I I personally, I would like Wardlow to look good, but I want Hager to win because 
shit he's done MMA and Wardlow has it. Yeah. So uh but we'll see. I don't actually care. I am all for this gang violence uh that's gonna go on through the summer. Yeah, and I I think other than that, uh, I'm still very excited about Darby going in uh, one on two against men on men of the year. I think he'll do a lot of great selling against this uh, against these two as he wills himself on. Um, the Andrade El Idolo uh, interview will be interesting. I'm um, excited to see exactly like what their plans are for Andrade and like at least what they lay it out for in this interview. Um, and then, like, I'm, I am surprised that we're, uh, we're getting a, a Penelope Ford match on Dynamite. We don't normally see her a ton, um, and I'm curious if, like, she's being put on TV for, like, when after the Nyla Rose match happens with Britt Baker, if Penelope Ford doesn't get involved for, like, a quick championship match or at least a small little feud with uh, Britt before we get to All Out. I, I definitely, uh, Penelope Ford, when she the last saw her wrestle, and she, she was one of those benefits of the pandemic era, you literally saw her get better. You saw her in-ring ability get better, so they could, uh, you know, they could use her for whatever they needed for in the feud. Uh, I think Kip still had just had surgery, so he might not be there, or is he on the is he on the graphic? I don't think he was. I don't think so. Uh, so he might still be out. So I'm really looking forward to it going forward to see what uh, uh, what Penelope has to you know offer. Yeah, I think so too. But that is our preview for AEW Dynamite, and I think we can just now go ahead and get down to a couple little extra news headlines before we wrap up this episode of All Things Elite. Yes. Um, so today there was an AEW Games 2.0 on YouTube, and the big thing out of it is they gave us some action shots from Darby Allen, sir. I know you are much, 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 much younger than me, but what did you think of the screen and uh, stuff that they had today? Yeah, this was the first time we've actually gotten legitimate game like test footage uh that wasn't like a pre-rendered cut scene when it came to the uh the uh the opening uh, trailer that we got for the AEW console games with ukes um and this was the first time we actually got to see a little bit of actual gameplay as uh darby uh did the coffin drop uh on the inside of the ring and the outside of the ring against uh the dreaded ukes green man that you see when you do a move creator uh or like create a move uh for the wwe 2k games and stuff like that um the model for Darby looked really good, um, and I think seeing this and seeing that progress is being made slowly, um, I want this game to be good so bad because I know a lot of wrestling fans have been suffering who are also video game fans and love wrestling video games. We've been suffering for a very long time when it came to wrestling video games. It's just It hasn't been good for a few years now, and if AEW does what they're setting out to do, I mean, like they're literally trying to do... A no mercy esque type game, which is so many people's uh, ge- wrestling game of all favorite wrestling game of all time. I mean, like I, if it's, I think the big thing it comes down to is like how it how it feels when it plays. If it's not because the biggest issue with the with the WWE games, at least the the simulation ones, is that they're so stiff and like clunky when it comes to movement and crazy amount of glitches on the on their fir- on their last one they did. But I think it really comes down to, like, if they're going for a more arcade style uh, wrestling mat game, it's got to be fast fluid. It's got to be smooth uh, gameplay. And I think it just really comes down to, like, like because that's the thing. Darby looked pretty much exactly like he did uh, on uh, on uh, on TV in the in his model. But when we got the trailer with uh, Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho, they were a little bit more extra buffed up, like kind of like WWE All-Stars, but like lesser. Um, so I'm curious if, like, they're more so trying to make them look exactly the same as they do, like, in real life, and then they're just having arcade gameplay, or if they are going to have, like, certain wrestlers be a little bit more buffed up uh, for the game itself. But regardless, I'm fi- I'm glad we finally got at least something, because, I mean, like, the mobile games are the mobile games, but, like, the console game is what we're all, like, dying for. So I'm at least glad we got something, and it, it looks promising. It really does. It really does look like, for me... Uh, it looks like an updated version of WWF No Mercy. It really does. It looks like in the same vein how it moves, how the finishes came off. It looks pretty much the same. And if it that's what it is, that just it makes me happy. I know, I know, like some other people might not feel that way, but uh, me personally, tear to my eye. That was 
a game that I spent hours, like hours upon hours upon hours playing. So if that's how it goes, I'm definitely like, sign me up, you know, do let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. What's the other small little piece of news that we have real quick? The other little small piece of news is the AEW Replica Titles pre-sale begins June 23rd, uh, 2021. It is finally here. Uh, the replica of the AEW belt. It is one of the biggest belts in wrestling. Uh, but apparently this is going to be a little more than the, the uh, like the kind of cheaper replicas you get. Uh, the price point is six hundred ninety nine dollars, and uh, if it's going to be about a hundred bucks uh, for the, uh, uh, for the fe- yeah the FedEx it's FedEx insured shipping, so it's going to be fifty to a hundred bucks from that. So you're going to lo- look at it uh, over eight hundred for the belt. Uh, it's going to uh, start June twenty third at shopaew.com. I am, I'm all about, uh, I'm all about this. I'm all about it being a very detailed belt. Uh, for me, the price point is too high to get on the first wave. I will probably wait until some people I know get the belts so I can see it, see that the quality is worth me, you know, spending $800 on a belt. Exactly. Yeah. I when I saw the price point, I was like, yeah, I ain't, I ain't gonna hop on this like day one. I, if I if I'm able to afford it, and like like Floyd said, if I've seen it like in person and stuff like that, or seen other people with it and such, and it looks really cool. I've said it before. Like, there's only a few wrestling replica belts that I really care about, um, and um, the AW title is one of them. I'm just not willing at this point to spend over seven hundred, over eight hundred dollars for a replica title belt. I'm just not. I'm not there. I'm still. I'm still just getting by coming out of college, so I can't I can't be spending that kind of money like, yeah. unless I know for a fact that's like gonna be something that I truly want. And if I can not like starve without money and food when I get it, but at least I have a cool belt. Yeah, uh, the thing about it is like I the most I've ever spent on a belt is five hundred and fifty dollars, and that was for a winged eagle belt, uh, and that was like my dream belt to own. So. WWF, uh, you know, the double winged eagle. So this belt, my big thing is this. You don't need a replica belt. No one needs one. So this price point's too high. Don't buy it. You know, and then you know what they'll do? And they won't sell a lot and they may lower the price. Or, but the one thing I don't think is tagging AEW in tweets saying your belt's too expensive. Bro, dude, they have an TK is an analytics guy. He has went through every system based on the quality of their belt, based versus every every other belt, and has come up with a price point that he knows people will pay. He is not it's not a price point that he thinks people will pay that he knows and that it will. Uh, equal the minimum amount to reach his investment. You know what I mean? The dude's smart. So I'm just saying, you want the belt? Great. Buy it. If you don't, great. Don't buy it. But like getting on the social medias and saying, oh my God, does it come with a life-size candy? I'm like, I hope it doesn't come with a life-size candy for only <laughs> 700 bucks. Right. I'm like, I feel like that would be like the $2,000, $3,000 range. No, but I don't think, you know, like I said, I know, I acknowledge this is expensive. And the reason I won't do it is I would rather go to two or three events than buy this belt right yes. now. It's, it's not like, oh, I can't afford it. It's just... The money comes from somewhere. And for me, it's not worth trying to skip events to yeah. have a belt that basically, honestly, unless you're a person that carries it to every show and carries it around, it's kind of a, just a huge paperweight. It's there for display and look pretty, but you know what I mean? It's not, there's, you don't get any function out of it. It doesn't massage your, your feet when you have been walking through the day, it's it's just there. So, like I said, decide what's best for you in life. 
But you don't need a belt. A belt is not food. It is not water. It would be nice for you to get, and that would be cool. And if you do get it and you're doing pictures, make sure you tag our podcast at AT Elite Pod, uh, and we'll share it out to the world because, you know, hey, show what you got. But like for like I said, it won't be a June third, twenty third purchase for me. Yeah, I'm sure the belt. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sure the belt collectors will still be salivating at this title because I mean it's it's still a great looking title. Um, but yeah, it's getting a wrestling belt is a luxury. I the only wrestling belt I have is like the hundred dollar WWE cha- championship belt that you can get from Toys R Us that's plastic, but it looks relatively like the real thing. But um, yeah, it's it's getting a real replica wrestling belt is a mega mega luxury. And while a lot of wrestling fans would like to have their own, some of us might not get our own um, uh, just because of how they are they are expensive. So yeah, I, I, for me it'll be Christmas and it'll be after I save money. You know, it's going sure. to be it's going to be okay. I'm not going to eat fast food this week. I'm not going to do this, and I'm going to put this money back for about six months and then do it. There you go. So, yeah, be sure to tweet at us if you end up getting the replica belt and when it ships to you, because we'd love to share that around. But that will wrap it up for this episode of All Things Elite. I want to thank you guys so much for listening and dealing with my sickness. Uh, Like I said, I will be over this by the next time you hear this podcast. So if you're still sticking with us, even though I sound kind of nasally and shit like that, we appreciate it. Um, If you guys are a fan of the show and you like listening to us, keep listening. Be sure to download the show on Google or Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating review. You listen to us on Spotify. You can share us around or any other platforms that you listen to on podcasts. You can leave a donation through Red Circle. That would be huge of you. And like we've said before, our Twitter is at ATElitePod. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this podcast possible. And be sure to check all their other podcasts out because they are great listens. I myself am S04 on Twitter. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And with that out of the way, I'm going to take some medication just so I can just get some sleep tonight. And Floyd will go ahead and take us home for this episode of All Things Elite. Everybody, if you could send your T's and P's to my boy Austin, who is fighting from the brink of death right now after this show, I would definitely appreciate it. Uh, Just make sure you know uh, that Patrick Mahomes is on this year's version of Madden 22. I just wanted to throw that out there because, you know, that's my guy. But no, uh, really, uh, just do well by each other. Uh, we're starting to get out. It uh, looks like everything's starting to just completely open back up. Events are out there. Uh, when you're at events, make sure you say hi to people. But make sure, you know, you just be good. You know, be nice. Make sure it's comfortable. We're all watching wrestling, and that's all we're all there for. So just look out for each other. Make sure everybody's safe. Make sure everything's on the up and up, you know. If you see something, say something, and all that jazz. But to that, I will leave you with what I always leave you with. Whether it is home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. 
Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.